0: While the Delta variant is running its course all over the USA, particularly in places like Florida, Louisiana, and even here in Texas, where the cases of infected and the number of deaths are at an unprecedented all-time high, members of the GOP seem to have launched a campaign of their own to derail all efforts to convince Americans to take the vaccines. In places like Florida, you've got Ron DeSantis proselytizing against the vaccines. And instead, he is pushing regeneron treatment centers while Congressman Rand Paul is still touting ivermectin or ivermectine and hydrochloroquine as the drugs Americans should be taking and not to the vaccine themselves. <clears throat> Paul has politicized this situation so much that he had stated that ivermectin, however you pronounce it, was an effective COVID-19 treatment, but medical professionals are letting hatred of Trump override their duty to research further efficacy of these treatments. That's what he says. Let me read this quote from Rand Paul himself for the benefit of our Spotify listeners. And this is how it goes. The hatred for Trump deranged these people so much they're unwilling to objectively study it, he claimed. So someone like me that's in the middle on it, I can't tell you because they will not study ivermectin. They will not study hydroxychloroquine without the taint of their hatred for Donald Trump. That is what Rand Paul said. It appears, though, that Rand Paul is merely touting these drugs as potentially being beneficial based on anecdotal evidence without any real concerted effort to conduct some of his own research as any real medical doctor would do. Furthermore, Paul doesn't realize that there are many papers available for anyone to read on the subject of these drugs, and that research has been done uh, since the late 1970s in regards to ivermectin, and that indigenous peoples had shared their knowledge of active substance of hydroxychloroquine which is quinine since the 1600s the 1670s actually in response to paul we do not we do know quite a bit about both drugs there has been a lot of research conducted by various entities but their indications for use are very specific so Let's take a look at a study conducted by the Japanese, published in February of 2011. It is titled, Ivermectin, Wonder Drug from Japan, The Human Use Perspective. And I'm going to go ahead and show you these uh, 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 this particular website where this article uh, is is situated. And if you look at this particular paper or this particular online reference. Uh, It says that ivermectin was discovered in the late 1970s. It was originally introduced as a veterinary drug. It kills a wide range of internal and external parasites in commercial livestock and companion animals, as you can see there for yourself. So this paper looks in-depth At the events surrounding ivermectin's passage from being a huge success in animal health into its widespread use in humans. A development which has led many to describe it as a wonder drug. And if you look at further down here, on the same page, it says it was the world's first endectocite a forerunner of a completely new class of antiparasitic agents, potentially active against a wide range of internal and external nematodes and arthropods, which, which they're all parasites. And then we further look at uh, down there, down on this particular website, and let me read further. And the article, it says again, In human health, Ivermectin is the essential mainstay of two global disease elimination campaigns that should rid the world of two of its most disfiguring and devastating diseases. And these are very difficult to pronounce. And you can read them here for yourself. Onchocerokiasis, I think, and lymphatic filariasis. Difficult terms for me to pronounce again. And... If we look at further down again, we can find that it says in this passage, Above all, ivermectin has proved to be a medication of choice for the world's rural poor. In many underprivileged communities and throughout the topics, intestinal worms and parasitic skin diseases are extremely common, and they are associated with significant morbidity. So what do we get from this study? Well, the takeaway from this study is that ivermectin is a drug specifically indicated for animal parasitic antigens, which begs the question, why are people taking this drug? So in this study, most of this study stems from the fact that they use these uh, uh, medic this the use the use of this drug was purely for animals, but then they started studying in humans, and they found uh, they found uses for this. But the problem that we have here is that people are using this; uh, they're not using the medication that is supposed to be prescribed by a physician. They are going for the livestock version of this disease. I mean, yeah, the livestock version of this medication. So, I think we can trace back to an article that essentially got everyone hyped and interested on taking ivermectin, in which researchers infected cells with SARS-CoV-2, then exposed them to ivermectin. And this is according to David Johns, who is a PhD, a professor of biochemistry and molecular biology at Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. And this is a quote directly from uh, Dr. Johns. We showed that a single dose of ivermectin could kill COVID-19 in a Petri dish within 48 hours, indicating potent antiviral activity. Um, But even at 24 hours, he says... There was a significant, really significant reduction in the virus. Uh, This was stated by by the study leader, Kyle Wagstaff, who is also a PhD and a senior research fellow in biochemistry and molecular molecular biology, again at Monash University. Uh, He says this in that statement. However, that study was refuted by a Dr. Um, Giroy and others as not having the proper control groups and having sampled only a very small number of people. And yet, while yet another study compared uh, compared with the standard of care or placebo, IBM, which is ivermectin, did not reduce all-cause mortality. LOS, which means length of stay, hospital state, or viral clearance in patients with mostly mild COVID-19. So this is a case of mild COVID-19. IVM did not have an effect and is not a viable option to treat patients with COVID-19. So this was found in this particular study, but somehow the word hasn't gotten out, or people have just not... uh, decided to do further research and, and look for articles like this. But the problem with these studies is that the antigens used in the lab may not translate well to humans. So what I mean by that is, let's just say that one can spray the same Petri dish with diluted bleach. One will observe the same reaction but is it safe for human use? No, it's not. I know some Trumpers have taken or ingested bleach, thinking that that is the case, but that is very dangerous. Uh, that could that will result in your death in most instances. So, you know, of course not. You know, so people are in a mad rush to try ivermectin as a home remedy to cure one's COVID infection when the studies have not even progressed to human trials uh, enough to make the determination that it is exactly safe. But experts say more testing is needed to know if it works well in people and if it is safe to use. As for hydroxychloroquine, the other drug RAND has highly promoted as an alternative to the vaccine. The HCQ story begins somewhere in the 1600s, 1638 to be exact, when the wife of the viceroy of Peru, Countess uh, Cinchona, acquired malaria while living in the New World and she opted against the approved therapy at the time which was bloodletting. She was then treated by an uh, Incan herbalist with the bark of a tree, eventually named for the countess later on. Her response was dramatic, needless to say. When the viceroy returned to Spain, he brought with him large supplies of the powder for general use, which at the time was controlled by the church and was thus uh, known as or called as the Jesuits' powder. It nearly took two centuries for the active substance, which is quinine, to be isolated from the bark and then formulated to HCQ, which made it less toxic for, humans, for human use. HCQ has had wide usage from patients with malaria to patients with rheumatoid arthritis. But now, before we start putting HCQ in the water supply, we have to recognize that it does have toxicities. The best known of these toxicities is retinal damage, which can lead to blindness. And this risk increases by a certain percentage for each year that the patient is on the medication and under the supervision of of, of a physician. And there are associated myopathies and cardiomyopathies in its use. However, the nail in the coffin against the use of HCQ comes from Dr. Amita Gupta, who is Deputy Director of the John Hopkins Center for Clinical Global Health Education, who said in an email that hydroxychloroquine has no efficacy whatsoever for covid and there are numerous trials showing no benefit. Ivermectin is unproven, and its indication is for treatment, not for prevention of disease. So what more can be said about HCQ and ivermectin? So recently in a town hall meeting, Rand Paul spent a large portion of the presentation criticizing the vaccines and mask mandates. He is still holding on to the notion of encouraging older people to get vaccinated, but then he says it's a personal choice, which really, in promoting that, it undermines the CDC's efforts to achieve herd immunity. And then he went on to say that those who already had COVID-19, like Paul, who contracted the disease last year, they don't need it. They don't need the vaccines. But we all know, or most of us know, that this is entirely false, purely false. And I can point to a study published in early August by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that found Unvaccinated people who had COVID-19 are more than twice as likely to be reinfected with the virus compared with people who were fully vaccinated after uh, contracting the virus. So the evidence indicates that the only way out of this pandemic is to take the vaccines. There really is no argument against that. So the takeaway from all of this is that Rand Paul is not an infectious disease expert. He has a background as an ophthalmologist. And how he went about uh, becoming accredited uh, or licensed as an ophthalmologist is in itself controversial. And he has railed against science while taking direct aim at Dr. Anthony Fauci at every moment that he can. Over the last several months, the two have clashed repeatedly amid discussions about face coverings and other forms of of COVID mitigation. So uh, let me know what your thoughts are on this. My views may differ uh, to yours, however, there is no reason why this uh, this conversation uh, uh, cannot remain on uh, cannot remain civil. Until next time.